brought to you by Integra Vita Wellness. Here is certified health coach A. Gregory Luna with Confessions of an Obese Child. Hello, everybody. This is A. Gregory Luna. You can call me Gregory. Welcome back to another installment of Confessions of an Obese Child. Thank you so much for coming back. I appreciate it every time you click on my iTunes episode or wherever you're listening. Honestly, I don't even know how people on the Droid listen, so I'm pretty ignorant. I'm pretty ignorant about all these IT things. I'm just, I figured out like with social media, I'm going to try one at a time until I can somewhat master it. So you can find me in a couple places. Uh, I am on Twitter at Integravita Well. I just started there about three days ago. You can always find me, of course, at IntegraVita.com. That's integral. Take off the L, add V-I-T-A, which means whole life in Latin, IntegraVita.com. Or it's probably just easier to Google confessions of an obese child because Google will autocorrect to integrative. Integrative. Yeah. I didn't think I didn't really think it through too much with the name of, of my uh, brand or company. Yeah, because anytime you type in Integra Vita, Autocrux Integrative, and how many integrative nutrition places are there? One of the most famous <laughs> nutrition companies apparently is Integrative Nutrition in the United States. So not too smart, not too smart. I wanted to go with something a little Latin, a little holistic. Um, yeah. And then the other problem is there is an actual Integra Vita company somewhere in Latin America, but their domain name is a little different. So lesson to all of you, if you ever want to create a company, think the name through. I chose the name before actually doing any research on it, even Googling it to see if we'd have any autocorrect issues. So mistake on my end. Yes, very much. So go to iTunes. Subscribe, download, help me out here. I'd love to get on new and noteworthy on iTunes. That would be fabuloso. A couple of things I do want to mention before we begin. I did change the extra music about four episodes ago. Um, I did hear from some people saying that the extra music was a little too techno, you know, too... It was a little too loud, so tone it down. So we toned it down and... We put in a little extra from my friend there. So just to make it a little professional, you know, I'm trying to get some constructive feedback from you guys. So I do appreciate that. So yeah, we did mellow that out a tad. And we are working on the audio. I've listened to all my podcasts. And again, I I, I bought a mixer, not the most expensive one. I think it was like 60 bucks to get the headphones, the mic, which is a... Uh, not a condenser mic, the other one, and then a mixer. So, uh, and then I'm using GarageBand. So, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what I'm doing in terms of the sounds. I do know that the first confession, "Why did I become fat?" sounds a little echoey, and I think the other ones have sounded much better. Even though when I make certain sounds, um, it, it kind of doesn't sound as good. So, you know, this is not WTF with Mark Marin or you know Primal. Um, blueprint podcast or any of that were super professional or any of the ones like the ringer or all those real good ones from NPR and all that. So just be patient, you know, and definitely give me feedback. If you know exactly how I can fix my voice, let me know, let me know. Yeah. So 
thunderstorms rolled in last night. It's pretty nice. Woke me up, but it's okay because sometimes you just gotta love when it rains in the middle of the night. It's very just relaxing and kind of kind of romantic. Today is Valentine's morning, and I hated Valentine's at school because. At, at my school, it was the perfunctory give everybody a Valentine. So everybody got a Valentine, but I knew no one really meant to give it to me because I literally did not speak to a female till I was 17. So it felt just a little perfunctory. And I was not a big fan of Valentine's Day. And then, of course, you get older when you get into high school or even college. And if you love Valentine's when you have somebody that you love. And you hate it when you don't. And then you start spinning and rationalizing it like, well, I don't need a man. I don't need a woman. This is for all the saps and sheeple. I don't need big advertising to big advertising to tell me when I should tell somebody I love that. That's another guy thing that guys say all the time. Say, like, baby, 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 I love you every day. I tell you every day. Why do I need to tell you on this day? This is what big advertising wants. I'm not going to be told by the man that this is the day where I got to spend $300 on you to tell you that I love you when I can tell you any day. And you should respect the fact that I'm an individual. Yeah, so men will say that. Some women believe that. You know, it's true. Like Mother's Day, Father's Day, all these card days. Just It's just developed by big advertising. It, and it's true. I mean, why do I need to buy a card? I think cards and roses are so overrated. Now, hear me out here. Now, if you don't agree with me, definitely let me know in the comments. Cards. I know people, Christmas cards in particular, right? They they crew these like, I don't know, shoes, high heel shoes or pennies in the couch or something. And they, they crew these and they just pile up. I'm like, okay, you read the card, throw it away. What's the point of keeping cards? And then roses, flowers. They're beautiful, and then they die. And then you've wasted $80. No, it's a thought that counts. I get that. And I, on occasion, I think flowers are great. But if you look at the, 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 the triumvirate of romantic gifts, flowers, card, candy. Okay. Candy, bad for you. Flowers, die. Card, waste of space, and cards are overpriced. If I'm going to make a card, I'm going to do it like a five-year-old does it and get my little Crayola crayon out and just write in really bad handwriting, I love you, fill in the blank, and misspell love. Right? Let's make it authentic. You know? I don't know. I, I just don't like being a sheeple. And we are a sheeple all the time. Like, I tell the students, hey, why do you drink milk? Because it's good for your bones. It's, it's like they see Britney Spears with a milk mustache, and they think that milk is good for you. Then I tell them, oh, you know, milk, you know, you got, you got lactose intolerance, like, like yours truly here. And I was, uh, it was brought back to my attention this weekend when I ate some fondue. Not a good idea. And, um, you know, it can be inflammatory of the body. There's issues with casein. One of the proteins in it could be possibly carcinogenic. It's just, there's issues with dairy. Okay, but you, you tell the students this and like, well, the dairy is good for your bones. Well, I mean, it's a decent source of calcium, but there's you can get better sources from other places, spinach, for example. So, I mean, it's like you got to unlearn what you've learned. I think yoga said, yoga, I think yoga said that next to ham salad in Star Wars. Um, I think, I think he said that, but it's so true. Like, like all these things that we've been taught to think that we have to do, 
Like I challenge the the girls, my female students, like, why do you wear makeup? Because I have to look good. You know, makeup has a lot of preservatives like parabens that are carcinogenic. You know, they find trace elements of arsenic and lipstick, you know, all these things that are bad about makeup. And then inevitably, because I tell them about all these carcinogenics in the food and the atmosphere and all that, then, then I get the, the, the classic line of, well, we're all going to die one day. Okay, well, if that's true, if that's really your specious logic that you're going to use, then just go get go in a car accident right now. You know, if that's the case, why aren't you walking in the middle of the street? It's just, I, I know it's difficult for a lot of people to, to be inundated with all this information about all these things that are killing us. Like right now, one in three uh, women are going to develop cancer in their lifetime, and one in two men. Doesn't mean you'll die from it, but that you'll get it. And so, yeah, it, it is kind of disconcerting to hear all these things. But what's the alternative? Just n- not to avoid them? No, I mean, you could try to avoid them. Like with cell phones, I tell the students about cell phones, you know, the higher risk, the studies are coming at higher risk of having um, hip fractures for men, the higher rate of acoustic neuroma and glioma, brain tumors, the higher rate of infertility, you know, all these things. And so I don't tell them, drop your phone, because it's like telling a heroin addict, don't do heroin and just walk away. Come on. These kids, everybody's hooked on them. The adults are hooked on them. So I tell them just basic stuff. When you're driving at high speeds, make sure the phone is away from you when you're talking on it. Uh, Try to use earbuds. Try to use Bluetooth, but keep the phone off your freaking body. You know, when you're streaming, don't have the computer or phone or iPad right on your waist. You know, just, 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 I'm just trying to teach them like just basic common preventive steps. But yeah, I get that a lot of time. I'm going to die one day. So I'm just going to drink this uh, antifreeze. I love my students. Don't get me wrong. And if any of my students finally figure out that I have a podcast and they start listening to this, I love you kids. You guys are awesome. You are the future. Like Whitney Houston says, I believe the children are our future. Yeah, but I just wish that you would listen to me more. And I think that's the motto that all of us wish we had on a t-shirt, right? Listen to me more. Listen to fill in the blank, whoever you are, more. (laughs) Oh, I got another comment once. So like when you go off topic, do you already have everything written down that you're going to go off topic on? Clearly not. No, I don't. This is just right off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah, So uh, confession of an obese child, number nine, the bicycle seat. I was not the most athletically gifted child. Sure, I could throw a Nerf ball or dribble a basketball, but I lacked form. Watching me run was akin to how Phoebe from Friends would run with the arms and legs awkwardly outstretched. I think most of you guys have seen that episode where Phoebe just runs really bad, really really awkwardly. Oh, Friends. We could talk about Friends forever. I'll, I'll try to stay on topic. My favorite character from friends it's like you ever play that game uh fm kill him marry him you know that kind of game yeah but definitely i think phoebe was the most overrated and obnoxious character in friends i could have lived without phoebe she was eccentric but to the point of of just oh just just annoying loved ross i could relate to ross the nerdy paleontologist i think schwimmer is a great actor i think he did a great job 
Um, I loved Chandler. Chandler could get a little too sarcastic, and it's sad watching the seasons of Friends and see how he's how he physically changed because he was dealing with his drug issues. And um, Jennifer Aniston, you know, Rachel. Rachel was great. Didn't have a problem with Rachel. I love Monica because I could relate to Monica because, of course, she, she was fat when she was younger, and I just love her OCD-ness. She was a great character. Joey was a little one-dimensional. You know, how are you doing? And he was the Lothario, the stupid Lothario. So honestly, just just put Phoebe and Joey on a boat and cast them away and just make the show about four people. I mean, honestly. But still a great show. I love the show. Now, there are a couple of reasons for my inability to be athletically gifted. Number one, I didn't like exercise. I like to stay home, read encyclopedias, watch TV, and play video games. And accompanying all those activities was, of course, eating. Why exercise? I knew I wasn't good at it. I would start sweating and panting quickly, and I didn't feel, and I didn't feel like feeling my fat rolls move around. So just stay home and eat and play video games and read encyclopedias. Now I loved encyclopedias. I used to have a world book encyclopedia set from the seventies. And since I had mentioned earlier podcasts, I really loved history and geography that I would just read encyclopedias page to page to page. You know, let's go through B today. And literally, I would read just page to page to page. And, it's, and the funny thing about encyclopedias is the kids these days, they don't really know about like, what's an encyclopedia? Well, what's an atlas? What? There was no Google Maps. You actually had to look at a book. That's just, just what's, what's the what? What? Yeah. What's a payphone? kids. Number two, since I didn't like to exercise, I never developed a form. My parents never pushed me on it. They would say, Albert, go outside and play. And I would just make an excuse. No, mom, my leg hurts. No, I'm sweaty. It's hot outside. There's too many bees. I was petrified of bees as a child. I was, I think, eight years old. And one time I had a honeybee. Now, I'll be a honeybee land on my shirt. And I looked down and I looked him in the eye and he looked at me and I knew right then and there he was going to be my nemesis forever. I don't like any insects that bite or sting. So spiders hate spiders, hate spiders. But I try to teach my kids, don't kill an insect unless it's harming you or about to hurt you. I mean, if you just see like some spider on the ground, don't go crush it. The Janists would not be happy with you. If you don't know who the Janists are, look that up. But cockroaches, I love cockroaches and females. I still don't get it. Females are freaked out by cockroaches. And literally, I see one and it's dead. I'll pick it up or I'll even just push it out. And, and the women are like, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, they don't bite or sting. What's the big deal? Now, I know evolutionarily speaking, they said that we, we have this abhorrence toward insects because we used to live in caves right next to them. And I think we're just wired to hate them. But... I just, I just don't get it. Scorpions freak me out. Those guys look like they're trained killers. If it was like Clash of the Titans where we could drip Medusa's blood and they would be like the size of a horse, imagine how freaking scary scorpions would be. I mean, they got those claws, that face, and of course the stinger that can come over and sting you. Those are freaking crazy looking insects. Freaky. Partly due to my lack of physicality, I did not learn how to ride a bike until my early adolescence. I tried when I was seven or so, but gave up after I fell a few times. 
The same applied for skateboarding. By the time I reached 13 or 14, my bike still had training wheels. Yeah. I was sure a sight to see. Morbidly overweight boy riding a bicycle with training wheels, huffing and puffing and sweating. Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. You know, my oldest is six, and he's he can ride with training wheels, but I really actually need to get him to start riding a regular bike. Skateboarding. Oh, my God. I grew up on all the 80s skateboarding movies, like Gleaning the Cube and all these great movies, and I remember going to skateboard shops, looking at the boards, and I finally got a board. My parents got me a board because my parents... You know, spoiled me to death as a child, I think, to offset the guilt they felt for, for me being overweight. And I got this real nice skateboard, and one day I remember just going to the sidewalk and trying one time, and I couldn't figure it out. So I was like, okay, that's it. See ya. I'm going back inside. And that was it. That was my experience with skateboarders. I lived on a very busy street, and I hated riding home because more often than not, people would honk the horn and yell some calumny toward me. I needed the training wheels because I was so fat. I needed training wheels because since I rarely rode, I never developed the ability to ride without them. Yeah, so everyone else is fine. I'm, I'm with a little, looking like a four-year-old. Finally, around 16, my father really pushed me to learn without the training wheels. I did finally learn to do so, and I was so proud because that was one less thing in which I could be ridiculed, albeit a small one. In the final years of morbid obesity, I had become increasingly it had become increasingly difficult to ride the bike due to my development of rashes. I had mentioned rashes previously in the presidential fitness and probably in gym class. Kids would ride dirt bikes according to their size or their youth. I had a Huffy, which was the classic bike of the 80s. But the seat was so small that if I rode for more than 5 minutes or so, it would be painful due to the amount of weight I was placing on my pelvic floor and genitalia. It was worse going over bumps because I could not sit up on a bike, so I had to sit on the seat. There was really skinny, skinny seats with no cushion. And so the weight coupled with the sweat caused me to have reoccurring battles with diaper rash. Yeah, and I've mentioned this too. Diaper rash in my teenage years, yeah, it would get really, really bad. So, I mean, I would have this red rash. My mom would be like, okay, we have to get you on your back. It's time for your diaper time. I'm like a teenager. So I open my legs. She puts the diaper cream on there, which I needed. It hurt. Yeah, it felt good, to be honest, to get some diaper cream to get some of that on there. And, uh, yeah, not pleasant. Yeah, not pleasant at all. So I really wanted to ride, you know, because it gives you some some autonomy, some freedom, and, you know, I kids like to ride bikes, but it, it, it just wasn't worth it because the pain. My mother would apply diaper rash to my groin daily. Why didn't I do it? Because I could not reach the underside of my groin due to the enormous belly. It is the same reason I couldn't tie my shoes. That's why I had Velcro kangaroos, baby. Remember, remember kangaroos? The ones with the little zippers on the side and you could, it, was, it was so cool. You could put like a quarter in there to go play your video game or whatever. Oh, I hope they still make those. And of course, Velcro, because I didn't know how to tie a shoe, because that would require me to like bend over and then bend over for a long time and figure it out. So I was, I don't think, I, I don't even remember when I learned to tie my shoes, but certainly it wasn't when I was overweight. I think skinny people don't understand how fat kids can't do the simplest things. It was mortifying having your mother apply diaper rash to your most sensitive spots. Amen. 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 Everybody. 
So my parents came up with an idea. There was a bike repair shop near our house. They took my small Huffy there and asked the repairman if he could install a shock-absorbing springy seat. A week later, we returned, and he had turned my cool Huffy, albeit painfully inoperable to me, to a laughing stock of mythical proportions. The man added a gigantic pie-shaped squishy seat. Now, to his credit, he was the Daedalus of Houston, for it worked wonders. Now, Daedalus was the father of Icarus from Greek mythology. He was the one that really quickly gave Icarus the wings, and he told Icarus, you know, don't put them on, and don't get close to the sun if you do use them. And Icarus is like, Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm Icarus. I'm going to have a Nintendo game named after me and an Iron Maiden song, so shut up. So then he puts them on. Of course, he flies too close to the sun. The sun melts the wax, and he falls and dies. But Daedalus was known, I think Daedalus also created the labyrinth on, uh, on Crete, the one that Theseus and the Minotaur were involved in. Yeah, good old Daedalus. When I sat on the seat, it would squish down. So imagine an episode of MTV's old show, Pimp My Ride, Bicycle Style. Yeah, so I, I wish I took a picture of this, guys, the seat, because it was humongous. And it had the little springy shock absorber. So now I could ride. It would be like squeak, 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 squeak over every bump. Every, every bump. Squeak, squeak, squeak. I mean, it was like one of those those low riders that could jump up and down from my people. And I can say my people because I'm from Mexico. The ones that they make their cars go up and back. Darn, darn, darn. You know, like, hey, wait, watch my car way. Look, let's go drive down military way. So that's what it looked like. So how did I feel about my geriatric anti-hemorrhoid seat? Well, I was ambivalent. I knew it looked absolutely ridiculous. But honestly, how much worse could it be compared to the training wheels? Now I can cruise down the street like John Travolta at the end of Staying Alive thinking I was a badass. But at least I had some comfort. Staying Alive. Staying Alive is the much underrated sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Now, Saturday Night Fever was one of his biggest hits. I think it was actually his first hit when he was still, still doing Welcome Back, Carter. But Staying Alive is the one where he goes to New York and he, he joins that, uh, that musical about the hell or something like that. And he falls in love with the blonde girl who has the abortion from Dirty Dancing. And then Fiona Hughes, the little witchy British lady who ends up in General Hospital as the, the co-star. And I remember distinctly going to New York City. I've only been in New York one time. I was nine years old. It was 1983. And I remember going there. My parents loved Travolta. And I remember going to a theater at night and watching Staying Alive when it came out. At the very end of Staying Alive, after he wins and he's a you know a, a star on on the theater for for this Hell musical, he busts out. He goes, he goes "You know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to strut." And then, you know the BG song. And then he's just strutting. That's the end of the movie. Yeah. I went to a quiz ball tournament recently. I took the, the MacArthur kids and there was a question on disco and the little Asian kid didn't know if Bee Gees was pronounced Bee Gees. So he said, and then oh, they are most known. This, this genre is best known for earth, wind and fire and the boogies. I love kids when they don't know old music. So much fun. Now I could ride. And where was the first place I went? McDonald's, of course. My, mar- my parents never thought by now liberating me from their guard. I had the freedom now to go where I wish. Why would I go ride to a park? I would either be bored or see kids that I hated. So anytime my parents left during the day, I would ride to Mickey D's to binge eat. 
hey, I'm sure the calories I burned riding the half mile there easily surpassed the 2,000 calorie binge meal awaiting me. I would go down the McBurglar slide on occasion, so that was probably worth an extra Sunday, right? <laughs> Thus ends confession number four, the bicycle seat. Yes. So, please go to my website, post a comment, tell me that you think my pods are funny or not funny, or tell me how I can fix them, tell me how to fix my audio. Go to Twitter, find me, befriend me, be patient with me, because you know I barely know how an abacus works when I'm counting. Have a happy Valentine's Day. Men, don't try to spend too much money, but still be romantic. Write a poem. I love writing poems. Writing poems is so much fun. I will write poems and then record them and then sometimes do a rap to them because women love confident men, but they also love funny men. Be a tender defender. That was a a phrase I remember hearing. Women like tender defenders. So they want the tender side, which is, oh, baby, I'm going to express all all my emotions to you. You're, you're great. I love you. You're sweet. You know, I have insecurities, blah, blah. Tender. Oh, like a tender bear. Oh, 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 oh. And then they want the defender. So if someone insults them or not physically, but just you know, someone's maligning their reputation, then you go and kick their arse because this is not an expletive-ridden podcast. And then you go beat the crap out of somebody. See, they like that dichotomy, you know, to be soft when you need to and then be confident and manly when they need it. So just remember that. So write a poem. Be goofy. And women, just don't be so hard on your men. You know, we're not the most romantic. We're very primitive cavemen. We're like, ooh, food, ooh, ooh, sex, ooh, sleep, ooh, sports. I mean, literally, that's how our mind works most of the time. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We're, we're not really capable of a lot of high, complex thinking like you guys are. You know, we only use, what, a third of the words on a given day than you women do. So, I mean, just cut us some slack. If you don't get the gift that you wanted from your man, you know, don't, don't like use sex as a weapon. Don't guilt him. Don't be passive aggressive. You know, women are just so good at being passive aggressive and catty. When men have problems with each other, they're like, bro, you stole the remote or you said you talk trash about the Texans. Yeah. And I go, yo, bro, the Texans blow. Okay. Hey, I don't like what you're saying. Hey. I'm sorry, man. All right, we're cool. Cool? Cool. All right. And then we're good, right? That's how men work out stuff. Maybe we push each other. Maybe we do that little peacock chest pushing, right? Because we really don't want to get in a fight, especially if you've never been in a fight. But women, man, women are complex. They don't like things. They're not going to tell you. Then they're going to be passive aggressive. And then women do that. that well, you should have known. You should have known. Yeah, I don't have ESPN, like the girl from Mean Girl says. I can't read your mind. You know, uh, what's her face? Amanda Seyfried, beautiful girl, beautiful girl. Looks like a Botticelli model. Beautiful. I mean, I can't read women's mind. We, man, we can't read your minds. Just be communicative. Tell us what you want, and then we can work things out. This ends the relationship aspect of our podcast. Mar- men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and I don't know if we'll ever meet in space, to be honest. So... Go to my website, subscribe to my podcast, enjoy Valentine's Day. I love you. Take care. Peace out.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. Make sure to visit us at www.integravita.com. Leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. See you next time.